Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. My name is Garrett Elliott. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills, and I've got a unique episode for you today. And what I'm going to do here for a moment is keep you guessing as to why and how this episode is unique before I'm actually going to tell you why it's unique. So, as you know, small groups are coming up. My wife and I are going to be leading a small group where we watch an episode of the TV series, The Chosen, and then we're going to discuss the biblical truths within it. Now, if you haven't seen The Chosen, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. It's a show that walks us through the ministry of Jesus, and season one specifically shows a few of the well-known miracles that Jesus performed, as well as how he gathered some of his disciples. It also tackles a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus that we find in John 3.16, which is uh, one of the most well-known verses from Scripture. So, if you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. Uh, you can watch it for free on the Chosen app. You can download that in the App Store. And now, the reason I tell you all of this is because today... I have the privilege of interviewing Justin Overlander. Now, Justin is the associate producer of The Chosen, and he's going to spend the hour with me. He's going to let me pick his brain about the show and about the upcoming season two, which is set to release in just a few months. So Justin is here on Zoom with me. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, So you are the associate producer of The Chosen, but before we get to the series... I want to get to know you a bit more, so let's start with some of the basics. Tell us about yourself, your family, where are you from, how'd you get into the film industry, stuff like that. Well, yeah, and, and I'll just I'll, I'll play off of what you said first about the show. Is if if we want people to watch it and they get bored with me, let's remind or let's let them know right off the bat. It's it's an app. You download the chosen app from uh, Google Play or the App Store. It's all free. First season is there for free. We're shooting season two right now. So there's eight episodes already. We're going to have another eight coming out this year, 2021. And uh, it's, it's all right there on the app and you can stream it to your TV. So it's, it's pretty sweet, pretty, um, pretty easy. And the, the app was actually designed from the ground up by our distribution partners at VidAngel. Oh, cool. All right. That's my, that's my sales pitch. That's all I'm doing for that. Uh, <laughs> so, so me, I'm just a small town kid that uh, thought he was going to be a pro football player, but then when he didn't grow past six feet tall, 180 pounds, decided that probably isn't going to pan out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, always thought I would be an actor, moved to Hollywood and uh, you know, just launched this acting career. And it, it's funny because I, I'm a lifelong Christian, um, you know, just don't have my come to Jesus story. I was raised in the church and, uh, you know, just, it, it's just been a part of my life forever. And uh, I always thought I would go to Hollywood and do like secular projects. You know, I wanted to be the, the actor in a, in, a, in a popular sitcom, you know, like Friends or, or Growing Pains or what have you. I mean, I'm, I know I'm dating myself right now by <laughs> listening to those sitcoms, but, uh, and then be somebody similar to, to what, what I would say Chris Pratt is doing these days. You know, he's a, he's a very famous and powerful actor, but he kind of wears his faith on his sleeve. And I think he's doing some, some good work, some good kingdom work there. In, in Hollywood. And so I always viewed um, that as my career trajectory, but uh, God had different plans yeah. and you know, stayed in Minnesota, started a family and um, moved to LA for a little bit, but then came back because it was just really expensive. Out it is. There. It's expensive out here. We're in, so we're in Northern California um, and we're in one of the more expensive areas in California. And we, my wife and I, we moved here Four years ago, we're in Santa Rosa. Um, it's just so expensive, and California's tough that way. Um, I read, I read that you were a basketball coach. Uh, a couple different places said you were formerly a basketball coach. Is that uh, I'm a basketball player, and I've coached a, a little bit. So I, I was super excited to hear uh, that basketball. And you mentioned football already, but so were you a basketball player also? And where did you coach? Yeah, no, I, I played basketball and football in high school. I mean, I went to a small enough high school we could do it all. I did, uh, I did track in the in the spring. So. Uh, when I, when I coach, so here, here's the, here's the condensed uh, version of that. I went to college to major in computer science because it was the wave of the future when I went to college. Uh, but it kicked my butt. I'm just not smart enough for that. And so I switched to theater because I knew that that was in my blood. I wanted to do that. And I called my dad up and I said, uh, I switched my major from computer science to theater. <laughs> he said, What's your fallback going to be? <laughs> I said, oh boy, that's harsh. Um, so then I, I, I switched to an elementary education major thinking I could teach elementary school and then I would get my coaching endorsements and be a football and basketball coach because those are two of my huge passions. But when I, when I started teaching, 
elementary school got out an hour after high school got out. And so I couldn't coach because football and basketball practice is happening while I'm still in the classroom. I ended up just coaching a traveling team for a couple of years. And that was, yeah, that was great. I mean, because it was, you know, it was players that were really um, invested in becoming better. And so we, 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 you know, we weren't necessarily a good team, but they were uh, passionate kids that, that really wanted to, you know, like I said, get, get better at the, at the game. And that's what I, that's where I, you know, thrive in is just fundamentals and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love it. I, and, and, you know, my kids now are at the age where I can, um, I, I coach flag football in the summers for my boys. And, um, how old are your kids? To, uh, I've got, my sons are 11 and eight years old. And uh, I have a daughter that's 15 and I coached her in soccer a little bit, but I don't know a thing about soccer. And so that was not my, my forte. I can well. relate to a lot of what you're saying, man. I, I, I'm <laughs> finding out that you're actually somewhat similar to me with all of this. How did you get started? So you've kind of mentioned, you know, you're acting the beginning of that, but how did you really get started in the film industry? And then you went from acting to producing and writing and directing. And so how did you, uh, you make that transition? Sure. In Minnesota, there's not a huge, um, film community. It's, it's a real small, and I, I, I used to think tight-knit community, but then I realized, no, it's, it's a competitive community, and there's a lot of big fish in the small pond syndrome going on here. But I, I, I did a, a ton of commercials and industrial projects, you know, like the, the training videos that Best Buy puts out, um, Target, things like that, um, but it's not super creatively fulfilling. Even commercial work Pays just kind of it, it, well, it, it helped pay the bills and it, it, you know, I was, uh, when I, when I left teaching officially, my wife was still working outside of the home. And so I kind of essentially became the stay at home dad and then I moonlit as an actor. And so got you know, acting gigs to be a supplemental income to the uh, primary breadwinner that was my wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In a small community, you, you kind of, you're not going to make a career out of acting. Even if you do stage work, there's very few people that, that, uh, make a career. So I taught myself screenwriting and directing and, uh, produced a couple features that were terrible <laughs> and met, met Dallas Jenkins, actually the creator, uh, right. one of the writers and the director of the chosen at a, a small faith-based festival, um, close to a decade ago now. I mean, it, it's gotta be seven, eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And it, it was small enough that there wasn't a huge, you know, um, line up to, you know, oh, Dallas, Dallas. It, it, it was right after he had re- released his movie called What If with Kevin Sorbo, Christy Swanson. Oh, okay. I've, I've, I saw that when I was looking around at, at some of his past projects too. I don't think I've seen that movie, but I, I saw that name. At, at the time, I'll be honest, it was the best faith-based movie I had seen. And oh, cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's called and, What and If, right? Is that what you said? Called what If, yep, yep. And what it what it does, what and I, I've told Dallas this before, is, is what I really appreciated about it, is it didn't dumb down the audience. And I, I mean that super respectfully to some of the faith-based projects that tend to just really make the faith elements overt. And um, I, I've said shove down your throat before. I don't know if that's a, an accurate or, or a pleasing picture, but... Um, the faith elements in what if are a little more subtle. I mean, there's, there's, there's some, uh, you know, you know, very explicit Christian messages behind it, but it's, it's not, it's not in the stilted dialogue and and the overacting and stuff. I mean, Sorbo is great. Christy Swanson is is phenomenal in it. I I really thought that that was going to be um, what would really um, put her, um, you know, really launch her career again after she's known so well for Buffy, the vampire player. Um, anyway, so, so I met Dallas and I told him that, yeah, I want to be this, uh, you know, actor, producer, director that does faith-friendly things, but not faith-based because I, I didn't love faith-based entertainment at the time. And he kind of said, yeah, it's what I wanted to do too. And it didn't quite work. So right, yeah. you either, you either got to make it secular or faith-based. It's really tough to find an audience when you do it in between. So it sounds like you got connected with the show by just, you had an in with Dallas. You guys became friends. And um, is that, I mean, when the show started, I don't know much about the the beginnings. When was it, um, when was it first Dallas, Dallas going to people saying, I want to do this show. How did you become part of the team? Gosh, it's been almost three years now since 
Well, it's been more than three years since he did the shepherd for his um, for his church. It was called the shepherd, and it's a retelling of the birth of Christ through the perspective of an outcast shepherd. Oh, okay. Basically. Um, really, really touching story, and and he he wrote it with um, one of the co-writers of the Chosen, actually Tyler Thompson, and then shot it on a farm in Illinois for his church's Christmas Eve service. And I I knew nothing of it, and and didn't you know Dallas and I, I I don't know that I would say we were were friends, we were acquaintances, we kept in touch. And when I moved out to LA, he was somebody that I could confide in and ask for connections. And he connected me with a handful of people out there, which was in and of itself, just a tremendous blessing. And he, we, we all, we just, we got along, we clicked. And I I remember we, um, you know, right after I was hired for the chosen, just to do some social media stuff, he had a a little project to do with uh, Dr. James Dobson. And he brought me out to do that. And then it was more or less just kind of a probationary thing to see if I was a psycho on set or if I could <laughs> my way around. And um, when he introduced me to his dad, he, um, he actually said, Justin stayed in touch with me without being annoying. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, that's, a, that's, hey, that's also hard to do. That middle ground, staying in touch without being annoying. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, like, I don't know, Garrett, if, if people listening to this are on, on the, the filmmaking side of things, or if they have any desire to be in film, that's, that is one of the trickiest lines to tell because you are, you, you get so excited. And I, I went through this. I still, you know, at times go through this, you get so excited and so passionate about something. So you write six pages of, of why you want to connect with somebody and you send that off and you're like, okay, I just poured my heart into this and I get no response. Well, the people you're trying to reach out to are super busy. And so you, you got to be really succinct and, and don't, you know, follow up every other day and say, did you, did you get my text? Did you get my email? Did you get my uh, request on LinkedIn? You know, it's like it's, dating. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I've been out of that world for so long. long now, time, I just yeah. don't even remember, thankfully. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, uh, let me let me start asking you some questions about the show specifically. Um, knowing that you're you're a basketball player and coach, uh, I I have a reference that I keep telling people when I recommend this show um, that has to do with basketball. I like to tie things in with with basketball all the time. Um, there's a lot of a lot of times you'll see like a movie, a faith based movie, and people be like, "Yeah, it's really good for a faith based movie." And I keep <laughs> thinking, The Chosen. I don't just say it's really good for a faith-based show. It's a really good show. Like you can binge that binge that thing in a night and it's awesome all the way through. And the basketball reference I always make is I hate it when people say that Dirk Nowitzki is a good shooter for a big man. And I'm like, "No, he's just a good shooter. Like he's a great he's a great shooter. You drop the big man, he's just a great shooter." And that reminds me of this show where I'm like, "No, it's just a great show. It's not just great for a faith-based show." Um, so it's something that's become one of my favorites. I love, I've been saying for years, uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time. I'm like the Bible has the best stories. If somebody could just do it well, it's, you're not going to have better stories than that. You're not going to write a better story than what's being told in, in scripture. Right. So I, when, when we found this and honestly, um, I know, I think did season one came out in 2017. Is that right? Uh, season, season one officially came out in, uh, 18. Actually. Okay. So I, I'm new to it. I, I honestly didn't know much about it. Um, until about, I would say about six months ago, uh, we found it on YouTube and started seeing some, uh, one of my friends who's a worship leader with, uh, with gateway, he posted something on Facebook, just shared one of your, your posts. And, um, we started watching it on YouTube and it's, I mean, we were blown away by it. So, um, that, first of all, that's, just something I wanted to share with you is how great I think the show is um, and how much people I know, they just absolutely love it. Um, so what I want to know though, when, when you're making this show, when uh, it started, you're talking with Dallas and he's, uh, you know, he's listed as the creator of the show. What's the the mission behind it? The goal set behind it? Is it uh, just to, is it get, to get the message of the gospel out? Is it um, to show that the show that scripture isn't boring? What's the overall mission that you guys uh, have, talked about within the crew well it, it's um first of all i i did misspeak it was 2019 oh really okay came out. yeah it, it's it's crazy how fast this has really progressed because it, it feels like it's been longer than that but uh, 2019 we released the first four episodes early in the year and then the uh the last four 
late in the year. Boy, it, it's just it's a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second of all, I've, I've got to say that as a Timberwolves fan, you even bringing up Dirk Nowitzki hits a sore spot because Sorry, he man. owned yeah. the Wolves for so many years. Oh. And it was it was kind of a, a you know KG versus Dirk who's I know. better. Uh, I always favored KG, but in hindsight, I, I think Dirk was the overall better player. Anyway, sorry about that, man. Didn't mean to bring up uh, some old wounds. I'll get over it eventually. My brother's um, a Kings fan, and he's uh, there's there were some pretty good battles with the Kings and and the T Wolves too. Uh, he so yeah, that's uh, you probably you probably watched those games, right? Oh goodness, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. Um, my brother, my brother got to go to a lot of those games. His father in law had season tickets, so they were a lot of those. Uh, those Kings teams were fun to watch, man. Um, oh, sorry, I, I, yeah. Go, go ahead though. The <laughs> the the mission. Uh, I mean, at, at at the end of the day, you know, we're making a TV show, and so you have to make it entertaining. You have to make it appealing to an audience. This isn't uh, this this isn't. Um, a lecture series on the Bible. It's not a Bible commentary. It is a fiction show based on the truths of the Bible. We don't change any of the truths. We fill in some of the gaps with plausible backstory. You know, there's nothing in scripture that says Matthew is, uh, you know, Has potentially on the, on the Asperger spectrum and, and, and riddled with OCD. There's nothing that explicitly says that. But when you read his gospel and you start in all the genealogy, you're like, it takes a special person to have to, to, to just have the discipline to write all that and out. The, the detail and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. been one thing I think that's mentioned probably. And I'm, I'm sure you get this is mentioned a lot. Like why, where did that decision come from? Uh, is it just in the detail of, of his, of the gospel of Matthew that you see that you were seeing, Hey, this makes sense. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, because of the way Matthew starts his gospel, and then knowing that he was a tax collector, which, you know, in, in deduce, we can deduce that he's a numbers guy. I mean, to, to be, you know, an accountant back in the first century. You Without a computer. To, right, right. So so he's he's got to be able to calculate and, and all this. Um, and, you know, traditionally, uh, people on the Asperger's spectrum are are very good. They're almost savant-like when it comes to calculating things and very logical. And so it made sense. Um, I wasn't involved in any of that decision. I'm just kind of regurgitating what I've heard Dallas describe. Um, but, you know, he and, and Tyler Thompson and Ryan Swanson, the three writers, um, made that decision early on. And it's been one of the... Uh, I don't want to be hyperbolic here and, and say that it's been one of the biggest blessings that I've uh, witnessed, but there are so many people that write in and say, thank you for making the character of Matthew the way he is, you know, and then they'll say something like I have a son who's autistic or, you know, my, my daughter is on the autism spectrum or As- Asperger Z, you know, words like that. And just, just being able to see a character like that, that they can relate to and, and see some of the quirks, and then Paris Patel just, He's amazing. Does, oh my goodness. He does such an amazing um, job acting um, as, as Matthew. And, and he's just such a, a neat guy um, offset too. And it has become a dear friend of mine. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that's a long way of, of answering what's the vision yeah. for the show. It's well, what's show. the, on, while we're on that topic of with, with Matthew, um, what's the, have you had any, has there been any like backlash over a decision that's not specifically written in scripture that you guys have filled in a blank with like that? Have you seen any backlash with that? Or is it mostly the positive feedback that you're getting from people? Oh, goodness. I mean, there's, there's tons of uh, negative feedback, but o- overwhelmingly, I mean, 99% of the feedback has been positive, but the 1%, of course, is, is, you know, just traditionally louder than the 99%. I mean, that's, that's in anything, whether it's a TV show or whether it's politics or, you know, sports or, or whatever, the, the 1% that, that is negative usually sticks out a little bit more. So some of the yeah criticism is, you know, how, how can you make Matthew that? And, and why don't you call him Levi? I mean, uh, you know, why is Jesus not Yeshua? I mean, that's, that's not, you know, Jesus is not his name. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's sticklers for, for different things like that. Dallas, I, I tried to find the video last night. I couldn't specifically find it, but he worded, he worded it so well when um, he talks about the, it's a, this is a TV show. So there's creative, I think he says creative license. I'm not sure if that's the wording he uses. Um, something like that though, where it's like, so they're like basically what you said, there's, we filled in the blanks in spots. And what I've told people is like, 
the the blanks that they filled in have just gone further to uh, emphasize the truths um, that are within Scripture, and I've I've appreciated that about it. Uh, it's been well, really and, cool. And along with some of the criticism is if that leads to somebody going into Scripture to try to prove us wrong, so to say then we still accomplished something good, something positive. It's getting people back into scripture. Yeah. So uh, you've been on quite a few sets in your career. Is there anything different about being on this set with, uh, with what you guys are doing, the people that are around? You know, there's, there's a feeling. Um, our, our crew and casts, it, it's maybe made up of 50% believers, 50% non-believers. It's not like we're, we don't have a prerequisite that you have to, agree with the stories that we're telling that you have to believe that this is true we don't necessarily care what walk of faith you're in we just want to make a good show we want talented people but even within that mixture of different backgrounds there's a positivity in just the camaraderie and and the togetherness and uh, you know a lot of that kind of stems down from from the top you know dallas and, and his leadership and of course chad gunderson and his team um, Chad and, and Chris June uh, are, are the, the heads of Out of Order Studios, which is our um, on-set production company. And, and they are just wonderful people that they happen to believe in these stories too, but um, they just, they, they, they run a good operation and find good quality people to participate in, in the production of this show. So is, is there a, a really palpable, tangible difference between this and, and maybe some of the secular sets I've, I've been on? I don't know. Um, I, some people will say there is. I, I've been on other sets where the camaraderie has been tremendous too, but I do believe that God is at work in this and that he is present in, these, um, in, 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 in the filming of these episodes. Um, but I believe he's present in secular sense too. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Now we've mentioned a few times today that The Chosen is the largest crowdfunded media project in history. So uh, wh- what does it mean to be crowdfunded? What's the reason behind the choice to be crowdfunded? How do you raise the support? Tell us about that a little bit. Well, why crowdfunding is because we wanted to stay out of the Hollywood system. We've seen what Hollywood tends to do with Bible projects and not to, you know, uh, bemoan uh, particular filmmakers or anything like that. But, you know, you look at a movie like Noah that came out and it takes something from the Bible and turns it into a Hollywood production. And so when you're telling the story of Jesus, you have to be really careful and not allow somebody that doesn't have the connection to the material to go in and all of a sudden turn Jesus into something that he's not. Right. Cause I, I, Darren Aronofsky is an atheist, right? So like he's going into scripture and, He's not going to, he's not going to read it the same way. Right. Right. It's just, it's telling the story based on what the audience is expecting. And and we're telling a story based on the source material and and completely remaining faithful to what's there, not changing anything about what's there, but just, you know, and adding uh, some of the, some of the in-between moments and, and backstory elements. So that's the why of crowdfunding. The how is, you know, anybody in, in film is, is probably familiar with Kickstarter or Indiegogo, or I'm, I'm a board game guy, and Kickstarter is now the new way that board games get released. These designer board games are Kickstarter projects. So uh, we didn't go Kickstarter or Indiegogo because our distribution partners, VidAngel, had a built-in audience already. And we're able to show the shepherd as the pilot as, as kind of a proof of concept. And people, once they saw The Shepherd, had such a reaction to it that they wanted to see more. And they wanted to see what Dallas and his team could really accomplish in, te- in, in going beyond just the birth of Christ. And so, you know, fast forward 30 years from, you know, the, the, the stable in Bethlehem, and, and now we're in, you know, um, Capernaum, and, and, and Jesus is starting his ministry. Um, People wanted to see that happen, right. and, and and we've got people clamoring for us to to go into acts and tell you know tell about Paul. They want an. That's one of my that's one know? of my questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> see how much I can get you to spoil. Um, so my my wife and I actually we bought a bundle of DVDs. We bought twelve. We bought our own, and then we bought one of the bundles, and we gave them oh. to a bunch of families. One of the things that I always joke about is that you know you've got the little charts on there that show how much funding you need for the next episode. 
And uh, right after we bought our bundle, episode seven was fully funded. So I like to claim uh, for season two, that is, I like to claim that, oh, season seven is because, or episode seven is because of us. So uh, we were able to fund that one for them. I'll try to get that put in the credits. Yes. At the end of episode seven, it just says funded by Garrett Elliott. Now you're all funded for season two. I saw you're on to season three already funding for that. Um, Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, season two, we, we you know, the COVID stuff has, has added a, a whole another wrinkle. Of course, and I think yeah. we, we may still be uh, covering those expenses. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't pay too close attention to that. It's yeah. It probably way. slows the process down a lot too. It, it slows things down on a daily basis. Yeah. Because people have to get tested um, mm-hmm. regularly, but um, financially too. I mean, just it, it it costs so much money to pay for these tests. Right, right, right. So now season two, um, there's more being filmed now, right? How are it's not it's not completed. Correct. Yeah, filming. we did. Um, we spent six weeks in Utah at an, an amazing set, a, a recreation of Jerusalem um, near uh, Goshen, Utah. And now the the second half of season two, which is a little misleading. It's not like we shot two episodes in Utah. Now we're shooting the, the rest of the episodes in Texas. I mean, you shoot bits and pieces of each episode sure. depending yeah. on where you're at. So we're finishing season two in Texas and, and should wrap right around the beginning of March. Okay. And then the goal is to get an episode out and you know, hopefully episode one of season two will be ready by about Easter time. Sweet. That's what I was wondering. I want, with the timeline, I was wondering if that was the goal. Um, so it sounds like you'll do uh, an episode at a time. You're not going to, it's not just like one big dump of all eight episodes like some shows do. We don't, we don't know for sure yet what the, what, what the plan is going to be. You know, God, through this whole project, God has really been specific about providing manna for the day and not necessarily allowing us to store up our plans our finances, our resources, any of that. It's been kind of a, hey, guys, trust me, rely on me daily. Don't get too far ahead of yourselves. So, so even though we want to release uh, season two, episode one by Easter, we're not locked into that. Yeah. And we don't know, you know, when the rest of the season will be released. We don't know how it's going to be released. It's, at this point, we just... Let's focus on getting them shot. It's it's a miracle that we're even in production right now with all the COVID restrictions and, and everything. And just the, you know, the year that was 2020 and, and the turmoil that, that uh, you know, it, it produced. The, the fact that we're still making this show and the fact that I have a job and, and, and the job is doing something that I, that I truly love and it's making a difference in the world. I mean, my goodness, I, I, I don't <laughs> underestimate just how blessed I, I truly am. Yeah. You know, that reminds me, you'd mentioned in one of your, one of the videos I saw on the social media, um, how at the beginning of your, your career, you were so focused on, on making it is how you put it. Right. Uh, do you ever look at it now and go, this is making it, you're getting, you're doing something that you love to do and you're doing it for, um, making an eternal difference with this by sharing, uh, sharing Christ with people. Do you ever look at it like that? I don't, uh, the, the irony is, and I, I realized this. Uh, quite a while ago, I used to do a, a little blog years ago. And I think in one of those blogs, I even mentioned that I know that I will never ever look down and say I made it because there's always the next project. There's always, you know, the, the next piece of, of, of witnessing that I can do. Um, I, I really, some of what I do on, on set is just communicate with investors when they come to visit and at times that's just sitting with them and listening. And then one of the gifts God has given me is the gift of empathy, which is also a curse at times, but I can sit with somebody and just cry with them as they're telling me a story that just wrecks me, you know, whether it's, it's a, a, a recent death in the family or, or you know, uh, multiple deaths or, or, or things like that. I mean, people that I've gotten to know because of the chosen that now have passed away. I mean, I, it's like, I, I feel so interconnected to all these people and all their stories. And so for me, making it isn't necessarily getting a, a you know career where I'm rich or famous right, or right. recognizable, all that stuff. That, that doesn't matter. Never really did. What matters to me is, am I still being a creatively challenged and B 
finding a way to use my creativity to witness to other people and, yeah. and to be a blessing to other people. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, I, so now let's, I want to ask you real quick. So you mentioned that VidAngel's role in it is the distribution partners. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. is that going to be the VidAngel role? Is that going to take over the YouTube thing or is it still going to air on YouTube? The YouTube thing wasn't ever designed. Oh, Again, to, okay. to, to circle back to the way God has been providing daily um, without necessarily allowing us to store up. Um, we decided to release the episodes on YouTube during, right when the pandemic hit. Um, a number of, of factors went into that decision, but we did it as live streams and Dallas got on and introduced the episodes. Uh, at the end of the episode, he would interview somebody from within the project. And our, our intention was to leave them up on YouTube for a couple weeks. Immediately when we released them free on YouTube for anybody in the world to watch, the income that the, that the show started to receive went up. So it, it's counterintuitive from a business standpoint, but again, it's a God thing. You know, God, uh, Dallas and, and his wife Amanda talk about impossible math, and it harkens back to, you know, the loaves and fishes, how you can bring, you know, the loaves and fish and feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Um, somehow we're, we're feeding more people now after releasing the shows for free and, and having this app where people can watch it for free. So giving it away has actually increased the revenue that the show has gotten, which in turn allowed us to go into production of season two right. a, a little bit sooner than, than we would have ever anticipated following the particular business model that we're on. Right. And I mean, like I'm a, my family's a testament to that because we found it on YouTube um, and watched it, watched the first, I forget how many episodes we got into it before we really binged it, um, and watched mm -hmm. the whole thing. But that's, we were the one, we were the ones found on YouTube. We were like, we're here in Dallas talk about, if you want to see more of this stuff, you can support us here. And we're like, yeah, we want to see more made like this. This is awesome. And that was what got us to go. Let's, let's get a bundle of DVDs and, um, let's encourage, cause everybody during, especially during the first part of, of, uh, of COVID, the amount of TV Netflix shows being streamed and stuff is just skyrocketing because everybody's just sitting around doing nothing. A lot of people are out of work. Um, so we're like, let's encourage our friends to watch this instead of watching, you know, what, I mean, whatever shows are coming out. Um, just cause it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, again, I, I could just go, I could go on and on about how much, how much I recommend this show. Um, and people that are, people that know me know that I do go on and <laughs> on about that. So are you able to share anything with us about season two? Or are you guys keeping that under wraps? Um, let's see. So, the dinosaurs show up in episode three and then the, uh, the, the alien robots episode five, but I, I can't tell you too much more. So it's an MCU that. crossover. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know what MCU is. Uh oh, am I showing my age again? Oh, just Marvel cinematic universe. Marvel. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, Marvel, there's no way you don't know Marvel. I, I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I couldn't tell you if, if like, I don't know which Avengers oh, is. Sure. Okay, I, I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, you're making a show about the best superhero of all, right? So you exactly <laughs> you got that. And, in and he doesn't yeah. have to wear a cape or have any any uh, superpowers because you know he he actually does. But yeah. Um, no, I, I mean season two really dives into the relationship that the disciples have between each other, and you know one of one of the big um, you know, season one had, had several, you know, iconic biblical moments, uh, miracles. You know, we had the, the healing of the paralytic, the healing of the leper. Um, the conversation know, the, the with Nicodemus. The, yeah, yeah. And then the miracle of the fish. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of iconic biblical moments. Season two isn't as much of that, but it's more um, just, you know, if, if Matthew could plausibly have been the tax collector for Simon and his brother, Andrew. And now all of a sudden they're thrust together to work together. What's the relationship you know, it's, like? It's, it's like, I mean, what if Dirk and KG had to be teammates all of a sudden after, or DeMarcus cousins and KG for yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they had to be teammates. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's conflict. There's going to be conflict. Right. And, and so we explore a lot of that. And, and one of the uh, penultimate scenes or one of the, the, the most recognizable moments in season two is going to be the Beatitudes, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. And that's one of our, our big shoots 
coming up in February. So great. Yeah, that, well, that's about. a great, that's a great, uh, I mean, not a spoiler, but, um, but a great in, uh, insider look at what we're going to be seeing. Um, I want to talk about the casting. I know I want to be respectful of your time too. So I know we don't have too much more time here. Um, I don't know how involved you were in casting. Um, it sounds like you've built some pretty good relationships with some of the guys that are, um, portraying the characters uh but the casting i don't i don't know how much i can say about that being just like so spot on um really impressed with how how they nailed it um now jonathan rumi let's start there just because uh he portrays jesus uh that's i I was trying to look into that a little bit it sounds like he had worked with dallas prior um i think that's what i was thinking i think there there was an easter video or something that he worked on with dallas um or maybe it was the christmas one that you're you've already talked about i'm not sure do you know no it, it was um it, it, I don't remember what the what the final title is. I think the final title is The Two Thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the working title was Once We Were Slaves. But anyway, uh, Jonathan auditioned to play one of the two men on either side of Jesus at on, on the cross, you know. And they were meaty roles, but but Dallas <laughs> just thought, no man, you're you're Jesus. He's amazing, and, man. He's so yeah. good at well, it. And, and for that short, which is available. So yeah, it is, it, it's the two thieves. Yep. And it's on Amazon prime actually. Oh, cool. Um, it's a, what, 25, 30 minutes short, uh, but it's, it's really well done of course. And, and Dallas's style of, of just trying to make it as authentic as possible and make you feel like you're really there. But you know, Jesus is kind of a secondary carry, character. It's more about the thieves that were on either side of him. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and so Jonathan was disappointed that he take. didn't get one of the lead roles, but, but because of that relationship that was established then, and, and then, you know, Jonathan played Jesus for Dallas in another short project for his church, I think, uh, between the two thieves and the chosen, um, he wasn't in the shepherd, you know, Jesus was a little too young. We sure, yeah, couldn't yeah. do the makeup well enough to make Jonathan look like a newborn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> CGI say, would have been either. expensive for that, huh? Yeah, yeah, the CGI yeah, does. That's just out of out of the budget at the time. Um, so, so no, Dallas and Jonathan had a relationship, and it was it was Jonathan's role from the beginning. And um, so, I had I, I had zero to do with any of the casting decisions. Okay. But when it came time to do some of the auditions, um, some of the roles that hadn't been cast yet before we started shooting in Texas for, for the first season, Mary Magdalene hadn't been cast yet. And, and because of my acting background, Dallas asked if I could be at the auditions and be the reader opposite of the, the people auditioning. Oh, cool. And so awesome. Liz Tabish came in to read for Mary Magdalene and, and her, um, her alter ego, so to say, and, you know, spoiler alert, episode one, she goes by a different name and, and has some, some issues. But I, I remember that audition just bawling with Liz as, as, um, as she was reading, as I was reading opposite her, we both just started crying. And it, it's been something that we've actually maintained throughout the duration of the show. Um, a lot of the behind the scenes interviews that we do, I'll, I'll be the one off camera asking the questions. And then even some of the still photography, I'm there if, if we need to evoke a particular emotion. And if I need Liz to cry, <laughs> I mean, I just, there, there's something there that, that she relates to that um, emotionally, it, it just grips her. And so whether that's a, you know, just, just a, a, an actor's blood type of thing. And, and right, I've, yeah. I've connected that way with um, some of our newer actors too. And just, um, this, this sounds like it's a boastful thing. I don't, I don't mean it to be that at all. It, it's just one of the, the gifts God has given me again is empathy and the ability to connect with people on an emotional level. And then you layer that on top of being a creative type with these other creative types. I mean, we're already emotionally unstable to begin with. So if I, if I need to bring out some of that instability, uh, God has gifted me with the means to do that just in, in, uh, you know, the words or, or a facial expression. Oh, um, cool. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me about this, uh, just on the topic of, of Jonathan, um, portraying Jesus it's, I love how much of the human side we see him, see of him, you know, making the jokes with, with some of the, his friends and having fun. And, you know, the wedding episode I think has become 
Um, you know, at least some of the people I know that watch it, they their favorite episodes, the wedding episode and seeing him have fun with his friends and being at that, that party. Um, and you could just see how well Jonathan and I, it speaks a lot to the whole crew, not just, you know, I know it's a team effort here. You've got to, you've got all the people that are making things happen. Um, but it speaks a lot to, uh, to the crew and Jonathan himself, just being able to, uh, really portray how much that Jesus loves the people and, and loves to be with them and loves his friends. And he really, really cares about them. Um, as a as a believer, what was it like for you to see that being played out in in the flesh and not just reading it in scripture, but seeing it portrayed? I think it took me a whole one or two days before I'm crying on set. Oh man, we we shot episode three the very first um, week. Most of episode three with the kids and Jesus at the campsite was done the very first. Week My son's favorite episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and and the it's it's the little things that got me watching Jonathan as Jesus sit around the campfire and just look at these kids with his eyes. And that's what Jonathan his eyes, does. dude, his eyes are, I, yep. I've, I've seen it. People mention it too. Like the way he communicates non-verbally is phenomenal. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that to, to me as an actor, that's the, that's what impresses me the most when I'm, when I'm involved in a casting process, I'm more interested in what the eyes are doing when you're not talking than, than anything else. And Jonathan is, he's reacting with his eyes. It's not an over-exaggerated head nod like people like to do on stage. Like I'm doing right now on the video. Right. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, it's, 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 it, it, it really comes down to the way people truly emote when they're, when they're being authentic. And then that's the thing that Jonathan does so well is he brings such an authenticity to it. And so one of those first days of shooting and I'm watching him just react and he's getting, you know, his eyes are welling up just a little bit because he's so happy with the children being able to um, recite the, the Shema, the prayer. And uh, I'm just I, like, I, I, I'm not like keeled over bawling, but I'm starting to, to have that where, where my shoulders are starting to go up and down a little bit. And I'm trying so hard to be a manly man and not start <laughs> crying, but it's just yeah, like, yeah. is this, is this really how it was? Is yeah. this really how it could be? And, uh, you know, the, the, when, when I, I, I've said this before and, and I don't know this, if this is a, a good tangent or not, but, um, I don't care if Jesus is, is white, black, olive skinned, or if he has porcupine quills all over his body. When I see him, I'm going to hug him in spite of all of that because of who he is inside. And what I was seeing through Jonathan's portrayal of Jesus is what I believe Jesus is going to be. And so that, those were the moments that got me right, right from the beginning. And, and there were many other times that I found myself crying like a wuss on set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's scene after scene with, within the show that it's just, it's emotional and like another one. So, um, one of my favorite scenes now, what I, I think I, my favorite scene to watch is the way, you know, this, the scene when, uh, the fish and the boat and he says, cast your net on the other side. And the, the, the guys all run across the water and, uh, trying to help them and stuff. And like just seeing, and especially the trailers, by the way, I don't know who puts the trailers together for the show. <laughs> They're awesome. They're so fun to watch. Just even the trailers, the music's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. It's so cool to see all of that. But that was one of my favorite scenes watching that. Uh, those guys run across the water. But I think the the one that ends up being um, my favorite scene is is Nicodemus and Jesus having that mm -hmm. conversation. Um, you know, one if not the most well known verse in the Bible uh, comes out in in that uh, John three um, conversation. But I want to talk before we before we go here. I wanted to ask you about Eric Avari because Eric is uh, you know there's a there's a podcast I listen to called The Rewatchables and they um, they have the categories they'll break down a movie and they have the categories and one of them is the best that guy and Eric <laughs> is is one of those guys where um, I honestly didn't know his name until he did The Chosen but I've seen him in tons of stuff right he's he shows up everywhere and he's been in big movies you know The Mummy and and Planet of the Apes and um, and uh, the Sandler one uh, Mr. Deeds and so he's yeah. he's one of these guys that people see it and he's a recognizable face already because he's been in huge you know blockbuster movies 
Um, so I want to talk about Eric, just how did he get involved? Was this, was that a guy you guys went to? Was he an audition? Did he come to you? What was that process? Uh, Dallas's son, Sam. Okay. <laughs> suggested Eric Avari. No way. And, That's awesome. How yeah. old is his son? Uh, he's a college freshman now, or, or maybe sophomore. So it would have um, been a, like a junior high or high school kid when he suggested it. Um, I mean, yeah, he was in high school. It was, you know, it was still the timeline is, is, is remarkably short here. Was well, just he might have ago. a future in casting, I guess. Cause that he is, <laughs> Eric does amazing at, yeah. at that role. And the way that, you know, like Nicodemus, you, we don't know much about Nicodemus. So like just seeing that whole, just seeing that whole storyline play out, um, he brought me to tears a few times, especially when, you know, he's standing behind the wall and the disciples are, they're all meeting up to leave and he's behind the wall and he's crying. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, dude, this guy, he got me, you know, like this is, it's amazing. But, um, yeah, yeah that's so his son, what, what about Eric was his son? Like, Hey, you got to pick this guy. Uh, they just, the, he felt like he was the right person for the role. And so Dallas wrote up a, a, a kind letter, sent him the script and at that point, Eric had, for all intents and purposes, pretty much retired from acting mm. and was out of Hollywood. And uh, in an interview that I did with him, he talked about how he was really getting tired of all the violence and hate that Hollywood was um, kind of putting out there. And, and so he left it. And then he came across this script that was complete opposite. Yeah. Um, you know, just about love and, and, and redemptive quality. And, and so he signed on and um, Eric is just a, 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 a kind hearted human being that, that I got along with well. And, and again, me as an actor reading lines with Eric, um, you know, just randomly, um, you know, if, if, if he was standing, you know, before a take or something, I mean, every once in a while he would come just say, Hey, Justin, can you, uh, you know, can, can we just go through these lines a little bit quick? And, and I'm standing there opposite of, you know, a 40 year screen vet who's just a tremendous actor. And I'm just kind of like, this is awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's great, man. I think it speaks a lot to him to be able to, cause you, you look at him, he's in Mr. Deeds and he's just a, I mean, he's a goofball in Mr. Deeds, right? Then you look at him playing Nicodemus and you're like, homeboy's got range. Like this is oh, to yeah. be able to do that that different of, uh, of projects. It's just really, really awesome. So, um, you know, I, I think we're out of time here, but my son who's five years old, he has a question for you. He's not here, but he, he, he came to me last night. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing some little bit of research last night and trying to come up with some good questions to ask you and stuff. And he comes in, he's supposed to be asleep. It's like 10 o'clock and he walks into me and he goes, uh, I see him. And I'm like, bud, you're supposed to be in bed. And he goes, but dad, I've got a question for the guy that you're going to talk to tomorrow. And I was like, okay, what's your question? So um, he said, please ask him this. So his, his question is this, what's your favorite episode of The Chosen? I still think my favorite episode is episode five, The Wedding. And it, it, I'm probably biased a little bit because I have such fond memories of shooting it. The, the wedding dance scene was the last night of, of our season one shooting. And we shot till what, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. And then I had a plane to catch and I, I actually rode to the airport with another of our producers and we got there with, you know, maybe 45 minutes to spare. So it was that tight of a window, but I just remember launching into this music and it was this temp music that just this most Jewish music I've ever heard in my life. And everybody is dancing and I'm counting them in and it's like, just, it was so joy filled and everybody, um, I, I guess I can't say everybody in any certainty, but it seemed like everybody was in just such good spirits and it felt like a legitimate celebration. And, and I just have such fond memories of that. And I, I cry every time we rap because it means I'm saying goodbye to sure, my family, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, my onset family, even though I'm so overjoyed that I get to get back to my real family. It's, it's that uh, bittersweet moment of having to say goodbye to, yeah. to dear, dear yeah. friends. Well, um, to, to, to end this, to conclude this here, first of all, thank you so much for taking this time. I really appreciate it. Um, super fun for me to be able to do this. Honestly, it's the first time I've done any kind of interview with somebody I didn't already know a little bit. So, um, <laughs> hopefully I, hopefully I did all right, man. Uh, got some good no, questions this, there. This was, 
Hey, this was great. I appreciate the research that you did and uh, you asked great questions. Oh, good. So Thanks, hopefully man. I didn't ramble too much. No, you don't ramble. No, not rambling at all. Um, you did at the end of your video last night that I was watching last night, you do a Dallas impression where you, uh, you, you recommend all of the different um, ways you can watch it and like on social media and stuff. So uh, maybe that'd be a good way to end. What do you think? Well, I, I can't do it uh, without the uh, the visual, and, and oh. people have to people have to have the the frame of reference sure, to yeah, what yeah. I was. Well, imitating. then let us know how can we how can people be watching the chosen? What's the best way to look into it more um, if they're if they're curious about it? Yeah, again, everything just starts with our app. It's universal. It's available for Apple devices. It's available for Android devices. Just search the chosen wherever you get apps, whether it's Google Play or the App Store or whatever. Uh, means you get apps overseas. I don't even know where you can all get apps, but, um, it's but it, well, to, to that point, it's in a bunch of languages on the app, right? It, it is. Yeah. I mean, it has been dubbed into, I want to say six or seven languages. I mean, Spanish, Portuguese, Mandarin, Hindi, right? Arabic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, uh, it's been subtitled in like 60 or 70. I mean, it's, yeah, you can, you can watch it and, you know, name the language and it's probably available that's in some awesome. way, shape or form, but yeah, that's where it starts. The chosen, um, if, if you can't remember that the chosen.tv is our website and, and that's the launch pad for finding anything else that you want. I mean, we have merch, all that, you know, cl- you know, sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, masks, all the that binge stuff. Jesus, uh, the binge Jesus shirts. I've, I've seen a few people with those now. Those are, those are getting out there. Yeah, those are sold out, but um, that was a really popular hot item. Maybe it'll come back. Get but, used to different. Uh, that's another one, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and there's some great logo. stuff, man. There's some really cool and stuff. I, on and there. all of that helps support the show. You know, we're we're not, you know, we're not making a ton of money ourselves. You know, all of the the income right now is being funneled back into the production of the show, the infrastructure of the show. And so, and you know, for you buying that bundle of 12 DVDs, everything above and beyond the cost of the actual DVD is going into the production of future seasons of the show. So because of your purchase, we got to shoot episode seven of season two. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted you to thank you for giving me credit for that. I was, I was hoping you'd do that. Um, well, hey, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Justin. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll be praying for you guys as you continue shooting season two. And um, I can't wait to see more, man. It's it's great that, that you guys are doing this. I really appreciate, um, you know, the passion you have for it. So thanks so much for doing this, man. I appreciate it, Garrett. Thanks for your support and uh, stay in touch. All right, man. Have a good day. All right. You too, man. Thank you so much for listening today to the Spring Hills podcast. That was Justin Overlander, the associate producer of The Chosen. So again, Caitlin and I are going to be doing a small group this semester where we watch uh, each episode of The Chosen. Season one is out. It's eight episodes. We're going to watch an episode a week and then discuss it. We're going to watch it in the auditorium on the big screen with the, the loudspeakers and everything. So it'll feel like a movie theater. It'll be awesome. Uh, we're going to do this on Thursday nights at 5 p.m. And uh, small groups start the week of February 7th. So that's coming up here. I think signups are starting in just a few weeks. So if you want to join us for that, go for it. If you'd like to join us, uh, but you want to watch the show before then, you can watch it again on the app. You can download that in the App Store. Um, or if you'd like to save it to see it for the first time on the big screen there in the auditorium, that'd be great as well. So it's going to be a really cool small group. We'll discuss all of the biblical truths within the show. And just like you heard in this interview, there are some things that are kind of filling in the blanks of things. We don't know about certain characters within the Bible. Um, so we'll discuss those as well. We'll find out, look into why they made the choices they made, that kind of thing. So it's going to be great. Uh, sign up for that small group. Again, it'll be Thursday nights at 5 p.m. in the auditorium. It's going to be so much fun, so I can't wait for that. All right, everybody, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next weekend at church.